You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. What an amazing worship time. Well done, team. Just want to, uh, I want to thank our musicians and those who have served and recorded and um, really put in um, ex- you know, that extra effort over this time. Uh, it's not easy uh, to, to record worship and to hear God and to minister with a, with a sense of being in his presence without anyone else there. Um, and they've done s- such a great job of prophetically picking up on what God wants to do, hearing his voice. So well done, team. Amazing worship. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. We're trusting for breakthrough this morning, trusting for, for freedom to come. Um, I want to say good morning and welcome to everyone who is uh, tuning in from wherever you are this weekend. I hope you're enjoying your long weekend. Welcome to everyone tuning in from the campsites, from the caravans, from fl- friends' places. Maybe you, you've gone over to a friend's place because we can go to other people's houses now. Wherever else you're tuning in from today, thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And if you're listening to this back later in the week, we're trusting this is still going to be an amazing impartation. Um, I've absolutely been loving this Radical Jesus series that we've been doing uh, over the last little while. And um, Dave and Ethan were so funny. Obviously, um, uh, last week, they brought such a powerful word of an impartation in their humor and their fun and all that was going on. Um, We also want to celebrate that in the last week, sorry, the last week and a half, we've seen five salvations. If you're online right now and you're in the comments, throw a hands up, throw a high five, love hearts, celebration, five salvations in one week. It's harvest time. We believe God said it's going to be a summer of harvest, the season of harvest. We're going after that. We're praying into it. So let's continue to pursue that and let's celebrate. We celebrate every single person that makes Jesus their Lord of their life. And we're trusting that this afternoon there's going to be so many more people that respond to Jesus as well. I felt prophetically God say this, that in the past we've sown with one hand and reaped with another, but in this season we're going to reap where we're sowing. We're going we're gonna to reap in the same places that we're sowing. So you say amen to that, let's believe that. We've been uh, pursuing the, the reality of being disciples who make disciples. What does that really look like for us? You know, how does that work out? What is that, um, you know, how do we do that effectively? Um, you know, we, we've talked about that we engage, establish, equip, and empower. We engage the community, we establish foundations, we equip believers, and we empower, we, we release, we go out, which is why, you know, purposely we're going out this afternoon. It's part of that thing of being disciples who make disciples. And we've had so many um, just outstanding testimonies this year um, and throughout the year of what God's doing. But ultimately, when we're talking about being disciples who make disciples, we're making disciples of Jesus and not disciples of ourselves. That's kind of, that, that's ultimately the goal. So if our goal is to make disciples of Jesus, then we have to be a people who are becoming like Jesus, pointing other people to him. We can't go, let's make disciples of Jesus, but I'm not going to myself be a disciple of Jesus. We become like Jesus and we point other people to him. We have to be, we have to minister like Jesus ministered. There's no sort of, you know, that was him. This is, no, no. We minister the like Jesus ministered. We minister, uh, we, we follow his example, his model. That's why we've been doing this series. And we're in a series that we've called Radical Jesus. 
That's why we got into this series. We, we, we want to see a company of people, a company of believers raised up who are intimate with Jesus and who become the move of God. We're not waiting for some external thing to happen. We are those who are going out. We are those who are bringing revival to people around us. We are those who become the move of God. Radical Jesus is the table turner, the miracle worker, the, 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 the light in the darkness. We just sang the demon deliverer, the food multiplier, the storm stopper. This is not just Bible stories from history. We're seeing this today. I have a friend who, who, uh, who has a testimony of seeing God multiply food uh, in the last couple of years. We've seen people set free, uh, delivered from demonic oppression, miracles, healing. Uh, you know, this, is, this is who radical Jesus is. He walked on water. He healed the sick. He ate with sinners. He stopped for the one and he stopped for the crowds. And that's what he's called us to do. The demons... And the religious were confronted by him. They were uncomfortable. The broken, the shame, the outcast, the lost were found and restored. That's the cry of our hearts. That's our Jesus. That's who, who he is. That's what he came to do. And that's what we're called to do. Everything he did, let me remind you, is an invitation and a permission for us to walk in. Everything he did. There's nothing that he did that he said, this is only for me, but it's not for you. In 1 John 4, verse 17, it's kind of our, you know, our um, catch cry scripture for this series. It says, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. As he is, so are we in the world. He is love, so we get to be love to others. He's a son. Now we're sons and daughters in God's family. He went around doing good, so now we get to go about doing good. As Ethan would say, it's what we do. It's part of our, e uh, of our DNA. I was going to say it's part of our ENA. It's part of our, our Ethan-NA. It's part of our DNA. It's what we do. We should be known as believers. We should, we should be known as those who go about doing good. Oh, you're those guys from Melbourne's Light Church. You're those Christians who go about doing good and bringing love, bringing bringing deliverance, bringing freedom, bringing healing to those that we come into contact with. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Now we get to be friends of sinners. He destroyed the works of the devil and we get to do the same. He revealed the Father. He connected people into relationship with him. Now we're called to connect people to the Father. Such a beautiful thing to see who this radical Jesus is. Is. And so often we, we, we look at this as, yeah, this is radical Christianity. No, this is normal Christianity. It's not radical to, be, to, to do what the Bible says. It's biblically normal. We want to be those who are walking in biblically normal. It might look radical to those around us. It might look radical to the religious, but it's who we've called to be. We're called to connect people to him. He did what he, what he saw the Father um, do. He said what he, fought, what, he, what he heard the Father say. We're called to do the same. He demonstrated the kingdom by healing the sick, casting out demons, preaching the gospel of the good news of repentance, performing signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, for us, we're commissioned as kingdom releasers to do the same thing. As he is, so are we. Search it out. Find what he did. That's what you're called to do. You want to know what your calling is? Your calling is to do what Jesus did. Amen, Elodie. Well done. <laughs> I love the amens from behind the camera. Um, that, that's our declaration as a church. 
that's what we really want to, to live in, is that as he is, so are, so, so are we in the world. Maybe you can declare that with me today. As he is in this world, so am I. Say that wherever you're listening from, watching from. As he is in this world, so am I. Well done. You can put it in the comments. Encourage one another. Somebody said when we were praying uh, in tongues, encouraging people to pray in the spirit language. Did you hear us? We heard you. I hope that, that your neighbors heard you say, as he is in the world, so am I. Gabby started this series, um, and, and I've been loving this series, by laying an amazing foundation um, for the series of Radical Jesus, sort of calling us back um, to first love and to intimacy with him. It's only from that place of intimacy, it's only from that place of first love that we can minister as he ministered. It's not a... It's, it's not a um, it's not a, a, what's the right word? Um, it's, it's a model for us to follow, but it's not a method. Sorry, that's, that's what I was going to do. It's not just a method. It's from a place of relational intimacy with him. We don't go, here's, here's the manual. This is how we do it. It's by walking close with him. Everything flows from intimacy with him, from knowing him. Mark showed us um, how Jesus came to reveal the Father and to restore us to the Father. I love that, because from the Father, we're established in our identity. It sorts out the identity issues. We have security. We have a new lineage. We have a new inheritance. And there's healthy boundaries that help us walk in holiness and righteousness. See, God's not just the God of love. It's one of his characters. But God's also righteous, and he's holy, and he's just. And so while he is loving, he call, and he gave us Jesus, he calls us to repentance because it's only through being made right through Jesus that we can be restored to the Father because he's holy and he's just and he's righteous. Last week, Dave and Ethan did such an amazing job of calling us to seek and save the lost. That's why we're going out on the street. That's why this is part of who we are. We do it you know, regularly. Somebody said, you know, um, you know, why do we go out on the street? Isn't it, isn't it lifestyle? Yes, it is lifestyle, but it's got to start somewhere. We, have a regu- yeah, we, we try and go out regularly. Obviously, with, with coronavirus, it's been a little bit different. But we try and go out at least every month as like the entry point. If you've never gone out on the street and ministered to somebody, come along and you know, come in team so you can see others and you can see how it's done and you grow in confidence and it becomes part of every day in every way. It's not, you know, outreach is not just an event, but it's a great way to get started, to cross the chicken line, as Gabby likes to say. Dave and Ethan called us to seek and save the lost. Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and so, so should we. It's not, it's not a call just for the evangelist. It's a call for every single believer. So would you open your Bibles with me to 1 John 3, verse 8, this morning, or today, whenever you're listening to 1 John 3, verse 8. Today I get to continue this series, Radical Jesus, with this topic of Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. I love it. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. When we're being disciples who make disciples, and we're seeking and saving the lost, and we're doing what Jesus has called us to, we're bringing people to Jesus, by very definition, we're destroying the works of the devil. 1 John 3, verse 8 says this. Whoever makes a practice of sinning, is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. It rhymes. The devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared, the reason Jesus appeared, was to destroy the works of the devil. Come on. Amen. Let's see it happen. If you were to ask people, 
Why did Jesus come to earth? I've, I, yeah, I've, in, in my, um, my role, my job as being a church leader, I've been able to ask people this often. But if you were to ask people, why did Jesus come to earth? You'd probably get answers like this. Something like, he came to bring justice to the world. That's not untrue. Um, he, he came to model love and kindness. That's also not untrue. Many of the, the Muslims that we minister to on the streets when we go out um, say that he came as a prophet. That's what they believe. Um, some people would rightly say he came to reconcile us to God. He came to, to reconcile us to God. Um, but how many times have you heard people say the reason Jesus appeared, the reason Jesus came to earth was to destroy the works of the devil? That's not the kind of normal answer or response. That's not often what we think of. Um, but to be honest, that's what the Bible says and that's what Jesus modeled for us. So that should be one of our responses. It shouldn't just be Jesus came to reconcile us to the Father. He did, but he also came in doing that to destroy the works of the enemy. If Jesus modeled it, then it's a call for us to do it as well. I think there's a reason why there's so many movies about heroes destroying vampires and zombies and every other kind of creepy, gross thing that's out there. Because God's placed something in all of us that longs to see the gross, disgusting, unjust destroyed by the hero. It's placed in all of us. Many people just haven't, I, I think, haven't realized yet um, that it's not just a movie. It's part of how God's created us, and the hero is Jesus. It's part of how God's created us, and the hero is Jesus. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Now, now, now we have to understand, if, as we get into this topic... That everything is spiritual. Everything's spiritual. Uh, we also have to understand that we are in the middle of a clash of kingdoms. Two kingdoms that are in battle. That, when we understand that, then we realize that everything we do as believers is a spiritual battle. Everything we do is spiritual. There's no um, demilitarized zone. There's no gray area. There's no in-between where everything is spiritual and we're in the middle of a clash of kingdoms. There's a spiritual battle going on between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of this world. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Everything is spiritual. We're either in the kingdom of God or we're in the kingdom of darkness. There's no sort of one foot in both camps. It just doesn't work that way. You can't have, a kingdom can't have two kings. Uh, Jesus says, a, a house divided against itself will fall. You have to have a king. And I, I, I'm here to tell you today that that king needs to be Jesus. But there's, you, you, you can't have two kingdoms. A kingdom can't have two. There's a, there's a spiritual battle. Everything, we're either in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of darkness. Mark 1 Verse 14 to 15 says this, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. What is the kingdom? We, this is a little bit of recap because we've talked about this over the last few weeks. The kingdom is a spiritual rule and reign of Jesus. Jesus is the king. His kingdom is his spiritual rule and reign that comes. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. When the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Jesus comes, other kingdoms have to go. 
when the kingdom of God comes, other kingdoms have to go. Uh, the, the kingdom is healing the sick. It's setting free those tormented by demons. Um, it, it's shifting atmospheres of chaos and darkness and releasing peace, light, and hope. As you study scripture, you'll see what is the fruit of the kingdom of God. Peace, light, hope, joy, sound mind. Um, and then you see the fruit of the kingdom of darkness. Um, chaos, torment, uh, fear, um, sickness. When the kingdom of God comes, other kingdoms have to go. When the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? He said, pray this. Your kingdom, your rule, reign, and authority, your rulership come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, it's perfect. His, 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 authority, his rulership is, is perfected. There's no sin. There's no brokenness. There's no darkness. His kingdom is complete in heaven. It says, on earth as it is in heaven. On earth is where the, the, the clash of realms is taking place. Because the Bible says that the, the, the ruler of the earth is the devil. On earth as it is in heaven. Paul preached, Paul the apostle. I, I, I laugh because we've started saying this because Paul Zanardo preaches often. Paul the apostle, not Paul Zanardo, preached Jesus and the kingdom. And to be, to be honest, Paul Zanardo preaches Jesus and the kingdom. So both are true. But he says this in Acts 28, verse 28 to 31. Uh, Paul the Apostle writes this, Therefore let it be known, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming, this is talking about Paul, Paul proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. The preaching of the gospel and the demonstration of the kingdom are two sides of the same coin. They cannot be separated. The preaching of the gospel and the demonstration of the kingdom, the rule and reign of Jesus, can't be separated. Jesus didn't just teach about the kingdom. He demonstrated the kingdom, and then he sent his disciples out to demonstrate the kingdom. So much of, I think, what we've missed in the, in the Western church is that we've gotten into getting used to teaching about it and hearing about it, but never going to demonstrate it or do it. Jesus didn't just teach. He demonstrated it, and then he sent the disciples to go demonstrate. So when we understand that everything is spiritual, and we understand that as believers we're called to bring the kingdom, the rule and reign and authority of Jesus wherever we go, then we understand that we go to destroy the works of the devil. It's not focusing on the devil. It's not, it's not being, being devil-focused. It's being Jesus-focused. It's being kingdom-minded and understanding that we go in the authority of Jesus. So wherever we go, we go to destroy the works of the devil. So what does that look like in us and through us? What does that look like in and through us? What does that look like in our lives and then to those that we come into contact with? Because see, it always starts with us. Jesus came to set you free so that you can set others free. Jesus came to heal you so you can see others healed. Jesus came to save you so that you can go seek and save the lost and see them saved. What does it look like to destroy the works of the devil in our lives and then through us? Destroying the works of the devil is to, firstly to set free from sin. 
Destroying the works of the devil is to set free from sin. The verse that we started with in 1 John 3 verse 8, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That scripture, that verse is in the context of sin. Jesus came to set us free from sin and then ultimately from death. Because it's sin that separates us from God, sin that results in death, and sin that, that if we aren't reconciled through Jesus, res, uh, results in eternal separation from God. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In Romans 8, verse 13 to 15, it says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Father, Dad. It starts with us. Jesus destroys the power of sin over our lives and he restores us to relationship with the Father. He gives us a new inheritance. He gives us a new identity. In Christ, you have been set free. You are a new creation and you've been given the ministry or, or the mission the, uh, uh, of reconciliation, of bringing others to Jesus. It talks about this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16 to 21. It says this, From now on, from this moment on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. From the moment of salvation, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you are in Christ, he or she, you are a new creation. Highlight that, write it down, put it on the back of your toilet door, put it on your mirror. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God, uh, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses, their sins, their wrongs against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of God. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, talking about Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. We are set free from sin and from death through Jesus so that we can help others be set free from sin and death through Jesus. I absolutely love seeing people come to Jesus for salvation and then being able to, to pray with them and, and tangibly see the weight of sin lift off of them and peace and joy come. I mean, that's, you know, that is, that, that is, that's what we live for. That's why we're here. That's why we, that's why we do this. That's like, it, it is the ultimate 
I love it. I love seeing that happen. Um, when, when Gabby was praying last week for our new friend, Lori, and she shared that testimony, um, and you, we were out the front of her house in her driveway. She's praying for her to receive Jesus. And there was such joy that came over her face, and she began to laugh, and she began to smile, and you can tangibly see the weight lift off of her. Many of you have had that same experience. It's like you, you feel like, like a, a lightness. It's like suddenly the, the weight of sin is lifted off. Often people begin to cry or begin to laugh because it's just like, this is what I've been longing for. That's destroying the works of the devil. I want to ask you today, is it an area of sin that you need Jesus to set you free from today? Is there an area that you need to be free from right now? Repent. If there is, repent. Repentance is not a bad word. Say, I am sorry, Jesus. Humble yourself and turn to him. You can't repent with pride in your heart and say, you know, I'm still going to do it my own way. I'm sorry because I got caught. I'm sorry because of the consequences. No, no. Humble yourself. Say, I'm broken. I did the wrong thing. Jesus, I need you. I can't do this on my own. Let him set you free right now. Maybe you need to get on your knees in your living room right now and cry out to Jesus and let him set you free so that you can be free and you can set others free. Destroying the works of the devil is to see people set free from sin, to be set free ourselves. But it doesn't stop there. In John 10 verse 10, Jesus says this. He says, the thief talking about the devil, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. The more people that we minister to, the more we're confronted with the spiritual realm and the demonic realm. The, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Part of destroying the works of the devil is setting people free from demonic influence so that they can have abundant life in Jesus. The works of the devil steal, kill, and destroy. They bring chaos, they bring fear, they bring brokenness, but we're called to set people free so they can have life abundantly in Jesus. So secondly, to destroy the works of the devil is to set free from the demonic. Remember that we're in a spiritual battle. The spiritual reality is actually even greater than the natural reality that we see. We see a very small sliver of light and we hear a very small sliver of sound in the total spectrum. But there's so much more. Even scientists would say, there's all this other stuff that we don't see or hear. I believe that's, the, that, that's if you could, you'd see and hear into the spiritual realm. There's a spiritual reality. The enemy wants to keep people held in captivity. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus brings abundant life. Much of Jesus' ministry was setting people free from demonic influence. I mean, we see that right throughout the scriptures. In Acts 10, verse, uh, verse 37 to 38, it says this, You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good. I love this. And doing good is linked with and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Doing good is not just meeting personal needs. That's a good starting point. He went out doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Jesus did it, and then he sent his followers out to do it. Just in case you think, well, that was only Jesus. Luke 10, verse 17 to 20. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. There's like a bit of, like, they were a bit surprised. I think they saw him do it. Like, they knew that, they, 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 they knew it was possible. He sent them out, but I think... They were probably a little bit nervous. 
And some of us have been, yeah, you, you might have kind of heard this sort of thing about, I'm a little bit nervous about that. But they said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority. He's like, I saw Satan fall. Like, I know that he's fallen, and I have authority. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He's like, I've given you authority to set people free. That's not necessarily like our biggest focus. Our biggest focus is on Jesus and who he is and bringing his kingdom. It's like, that's a side thing, but it is part of uh, destroying the works of the devil. We have an authority from Jesus over the demonic. It's an authority that comes from relationship and intimacy with him. It's not a method or a formula. It's born out of relationship. If you go with method and formula, you get your butt kicked. When you go in relationship, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the spirit, the demonstration of the spirit. And we see freedom come. Some of us, if you've been in the church for, for, for a, a little bit longer were taught back in the day that there's a demon behind everything. I don't believe that. I don't think we have to go looking for a demon behind every bush. But when we walk in intimacy with Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit and listening to his voice, Jesus wants to set people free from the demonic. Sometimes it is demonic. And sometimes we need to address that in the authority that he's given us and bring freedom. Jesus wants to set you free from demonic influence and he wants you to set others free. As we've gone onto the streets uh, to minister, and it, you know, it, it's funny, you can talk about all this stuff in theory. A lot of you guys have probably heard all of the theories and read a lot of the books, and, but it's actually when you go and you pray for someone who has demonic influence in your life that the theory becomes reality and you learn really quickly. So as we've gone out on the streets to minister, we've encountered a lot of demonic activity, as you do. One thing we've seen um, often is people telling us that they are Jesus. Or that Jesus is their son, or you know that Jesus is their dad, or that you know they know Jesus. And and what's interesting, uh, you know, is that it's a telltale sign of demonic activity because demons know who Jesus is. Often, there's people who have never heard the gospel and they're like, "I know Jesus, I am Jesus," and then, you know, suddenly like you go, "This is this is demonic," but demons know who Jesus is. Um, those of you who know who know Gabby. You know that Gabby is full of the Holy Spirit. She lives in intimacy with Jesus. You know, it overflows, it oozes out of her. When you spend time with her, you know that she's been with Jesus. And here's the, here's the, the, the cool thing. I love this. Often when we go out on the streets, um, people who are under demonic influence recognize the Jesus in her. You're like, what are you talking about? They all, I mean, I've been standing with her when they've said that. They'll look at her and they'll say, I know you. They'll be talking normally. Hey, how are you going? And then they'll just look and go, I know you. You're like, <laughs> but it, I mean, it happens so often now. It's like they do because they see the Jesus, in, the, the demonic thing that's happening there sees the Jesus in her. And often we found that people, you know, I found people won't look at me because, you know, because the spirit of God in me is making the demonic uncomfortable in them. It's not looking around all over the place. They won't make eye contact with you because there's demonic influence. We're in a spiritual battle. Now, I, I mean, in saying all this, God wants to set people free. I'm not an expert in this area. None of us claim to be experts. We just walk with Jesus and listen to his voice. We want to continue to grow in this. We want to continue to get better at this as we recognize demonic influence. And we want to get, get, get better at seeing people totally set free. 
It's something that we're, that we're growing in, that we're going after, that we're contending for. Sometimes, uh, and to be totally honest with you, sometimes we've, we've seen a, a level of deliverance or freedom, but not 100%. And, and we're asking God to show us why and how to grow and how to see freedom come. Not just partial, but total freedom come to people. And I want to invite you to come on that journey of contending for that, praying for that, so that we see people totally set free. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And one of those things is to be free from demonic oppression. The third area is set free from lies. What does it look like to destroy the works of the, uh, of the enemy? To be set free from lies. In John 8, Jesus says this. You are of your father, the devil. I mean, Jesus doesn't hold back. He goes straight for it. You are of your father, the devil, and you will do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus doesn't hold back when confronting the enemy. The enemy is the father of lies. Elodie's told me I've just gone for 30 minutes, but I'm going to keep going because I've got two more points and I think you guys need to hear it. So I hope you can hold with me for another bit. We're going to go a little bit longer today than normal, but our worship was a little bit shorter. Um, so it's all right. I've got another 10 minutes to go, but I think you're going to get freedom today. So stick with us. He sets free from lies. Jesus, Jesus says the enemy is the father of lies. He lies. He twists the truth. He tries to get you to build your life on anything other than the word of God. And even then, he wants to twist the way you interpret the word of God. If you start from any other point than coming to the word saying, God, let the word form me and my belief, then you're going to approach it with, I'm going to try and fit the Bible into what I already think I, I believe. And you're not going to get the freedom that God wants you to get through coming. You're going to be, still be bound up in lies. Paul, Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but we have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Spiritual strongholds can come through demonic influence but they can also come through arguments or lofty opinions or thoughts that are raised against the knowledge of God. It's actually a thought pattern or process that, that actually takes us away from, the, from what God's called us to. They're held in esteem above him, above his ways. Strongholds are rooted in pride and they rely on self. Strongholds are rooted in pride and they rely on self. They're often deeply rooted in the area of our identity or of our value. It's things that we're not, we, we don't want to give up because we, we, we feel like this is who I am. They lead to a prideful heart, that, you know, unhealthy thought patterns, habitual sins that we can't seem to overcome. Anything that we trust in besides the Lord can become a spiritual stronghold. But Jesus wants to tear down strongholds in our lives and he wants us to help tear down strongholds in other people's lives to set them free from the lies of the enemy. It's the lies of the enemy. I felt even today that God wants to, to, to bring some freedom into minds, into thought patterns, into, into strongholds today and tear down the lies of the enemy. Proverbs 21, 22 says, A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the strongholds in which they trust. I think there's many who are trusting in lots of other things other than Jesus. And God's calling us to humble ourselves and come back to him. 
Fourthly, I'll move on quickly. What does it look like to destroy the works of the enemy? Fourthly, to be set free from religion. Woo! Set free from religion. If you want a reference, you can go read Matthew 23. I'm not going to read the whole thing for the sake of time. But here's the thing. Jesus is about relationship. Religion is straight from the devil. You might go, what? I thought that we're a religious people. No, no. We're a relational people. Religion is straight from the, the devil. Religion is about self. Religion is having a form of God, godliness, but denying its power. Jesus confronted the religious people of his time with vigor because they were leading people astray and they were misrepresenting God. Whew. There's religious people in our time who are leading people astray and misrepresenting God. Rather than setting people free, the religious are putting them under bondage. Religion preaches, but doesn't practice. Religion does things to be seen by others, not to be seen by God. Religion loves the place of honor, the platform, the status. Religion is fake and Jesus came to destroy it. Jesus calls us back to relationship. Religion is like the edited, filtered Instagram post that makes everything look perfect when in fact your life is falling apart and you're not being honest with anyone about it. Jesus calls the religious blind guides and whitewashed tombs. Everything looks perfect on the outside. What is a whitewashed tomb? It looks perfect on the outside, but the heart is full of dead bones and uncleanliness, he says in Matthew 23. Jesus hated religion. The religious killed Jesus. Religion kills the life of God. Some of you that are watching or listening have grown up in religion. But Jesus wants to set you free from fake, false observances and bring you into radical, empowered relationship. You say, why do I keep blowing it? Why do I keep messing up? Because you've been living in religion and not in relationship. God wants to set you free and bring you into radical, empowered relationship. Raw, real, humble, laid bare, honest relationship. The sobbing, snot covered, I don't care who sees me, repentance. The laid down, exuberant, passionate, all out praise. I don't care what other people think. I don't care what my wife thinks. I don't care what my husband thinks. I don't care what, what people behind me think of me. I am giving it all for Jesus. He came to set us free from religion. That's destroying the works of the devil. And finally, he sets us free from brokenness. Ultimately, the works of the devil result in brokenness. Sin, demonic influence, strongholds, religion results in brokenness. And no matter how hard we try, we can't get out of that, that place ourselves. I mean, we, 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 we do this with the three circles when we go out on the streets. We, we can't get out. So often we turn to, to addictions, to career, to, to other relationships, to drugs, to alcohol, to, to try and get out of that place of brokenness. God's created us to be in relationship in his perfect plan. Because of sin, we're in this place of brokenness. The works of the devil leave us in brokenness. And all those things are like bungee cords that just snap us back into brokenness. We try and get out and it pulls us back. And the only way out of brokenness is through Jesus. God sent Jesus to be the way out of brokenness and back into his perfect plan. God designed us to live in relationship with him, to be in that perfect plan. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, to pay the price that our sin deserves. 
We deserve to be in brokenness. We deserve separation from God. We, is, we deserve hell. We deserve eternal judgment. But Jesus paid the price so that we can be restored into God's perfect plan, into relationship with him, and be set free from brokenness and the works of the enemy. When we make Jesus the king of our lives and we turn to him, we repent, believe, and are baptized. He brings us out of brokenness and he restores us into God's perfect plan. Not only does he bring us out of brokenness, he gives us the mission to set other people free from brokenness as well. Wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening from, would you just take a moment and close your eyes with me? I wanna ask, where are you today? Are you in brokenness? Are you in bondage? Are you struggling with areas of sin? Have you been tormented by the enemy or held captive by lies or by strongholds? If your answer is yes, if you're honest with yourself and the answer is yes, Jesus wants to set you free and bring you back into God's perfect plan. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's what we celebrate. Turn to him right now. Don't wait. Repent, believe, and be baptized. You might need to go to somebody's house this afternoon and say, fill up your bathtub and baptize me right now because I need to be set free from all this junk that's around me. Jesus wants us to be free so we can bring others to freedom. If you want to respond to him, maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or you've walked away and you know that he's calling you back. It's time to come back. Would you pray this with me right now? There's power in this right now for freedom. Say, Jesus... I repent. I'm sorry for living for myself. I need you. I believe in you. I turn to you. Would you set me free from brokenness? Set me free from torment. Set me free from the, the things that have held me back and bring me into your perfect plan. Bring me into relationship with God again. I invite you to come and fill me right now. Lord, I thank you that your peace is coming right now, that your joy is coming right now, that there's freedom coming right now, that there's deliverance, that demonic strongholds are being broken off right now in Jesus' name. I just declare freedom in Jesus' name from strongholds, from the oppression of the enemy. Lord, would we be free so that we can set others free? Lord, I thank you that you came to destroy the works of the, devil, uh, of the devil. You came to destroy oppression, strongholds, religion, brokenness, and we declare freedom this morning in Jesus' name. And as I finish right now, I also want to commission us again. I want to commission us. Just as he is in the world, so are we. I commission you, brother, sister, father, son, mother, daughter, I commission you again to seek and save the lost. I commission you to be a disciple who makes disciples, to destroy the works of the devil wherever we encounter it. Freedom bringers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you responded to Jesus, please let us know. Put something in the comments. Send us a message. We want to celebrate with you. We celebrate all that God's doing. I'm going to hand back to Paul and Gabby this morning. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Have an amazing rest of the weekend. I'm sure Paul and Gabby have some other stuff that we can uh, respond to and go after. Be blessed. We'll see you afterwards at the outreach where we get to go bring freedom. We 
hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.